0: Welcome, and thank you for tuning in to the Graceland Church Podcast. Our mission is to follow Jesus and love our neighbor for the good of the city. So Gary and his incredible wife, Jen Spell, are good friends of mine. And, and Gary uh, goes back with me to when I was about 12 or 13 years old at one of the churches I grew up in, in Virginia Beach, Virginia. And uh, they have friends with them, Joe and Monica, here as well, who are awesome from Virginia Beach as well. Gary and Jen also have two little kids over in our kids' wing, Judah and Josiah, who are incredible. Such bright little personalities. Um, Gary is, that's a way to say it, right? Bright personality. We learn how to approach this. Gary is uh, one of a handful of people that I consider on the board of my own life, if you know what I mean. Like he's someone that God has given a voice into my life and that I filter especially uh, the biggest decisions through uh, for many, many years now. Um, He's taught me a lot about creativity in the arts. He's the one who opened up my mind to piano years ago. I haven't quite reached his level, as you can see, on piano, and I never will, but that's okay. Uh, Him and I have spoke and led worship at each other's churches uh, for over 15 years now in Pennsylvania, in Virginia, in California, and now also in Tennessee. Uh, He's also a songwriter, worship leader. He's a playwright and a director. He oversees the music for the city of Virginia Beach's boardwalk for the last 20 years. So all kinds of stuff that Gary does Uh, He mentors a lot of Broadway stars, because at the school I was in, I got to know some of those people, and he walks with people that are over in New York doing that, and God has just used him in a lot of profound ways, uh, and I'm grateful uh, to have him in my life. And he spoke here once before, just a few weeks after my wife and I got here, uh, at the very end of 2018. And if you don't recognize him, it might be because he's lost 140 pounds since then. So give him a hand for that. That is a Jonas brother. Willie, I, I, was, I, I was talking to Willie Tatum in first service. Willie Tatum, one of our, one of our seniors, he said he lost more weight than I have. And then, and then his wife, Donna Tatum, said he lost me times six. So with that, come on up, Gary. <laughs>
1: Thanks, bro. I love uh, Nathan, Jessica. They're really precious to me. Um, and it's an honor to... Uh, to be able to invest in his life and what God's doing here, um, I know that you guys know how blessed you are to have the Colars as your as your pastors. Really, just exceptional people. Um, before, amen. Before I get to this morning's teaching, I wanted to say a couple things about worship. Worship was great. It was so great, Nick. Thank you for leading us this morning. A great band. It's, the band sounded great. Band, thank you for serving. Also, can I tell you how much I appreciate a live band? You didn't use a vox pad one time in worship. There were, I mean, track, tracks have their place, but it was great to hear a live band. Thank you for not putting the drummer in a cage. I don't. Can someone tell me what in the world is happening with church music? I, I, I was at a church not long ago where the, it was a cage and it was like air conditioned. There was a mini bar, a fridge. He's in a different room, and now part of the part of the problem is that my background is not in church music. It's it's in you know. Uh, secular music and you go in clubs that are a quarter of the size with a live band and that drummer's not in a cage They just teach him to play and and so uh, to have live drums was really great and wherever the drummer is you, you played beautifully tastefully. It was great. It was just great. Thank you um, And also so you uh, I owe you a bacon cheeseburger for that one also um, Thank you for the bearskin rugs on stage <laughs> Nothing says we're going to worship hardcore like bears had to lose their lives for this worship. That's right. That's right. Here's what I did. I killed bears, and then I came to lead worship. Booyah. So. Huh? Okay, but something died. For worship this morning. You know, David said, "I will not offer a sacrifice that costs me nothing." This morning, I want to talk about uh, I want to talk about trust. Um, you guys probably are familiar, at least generally, with the story of Job. Uh, Job was a guy in the Old Testament who went through some tough, tough times. Uh, he lost everything that a man can lose. He uh, he lost uh, his family. He lost his career, his fortune. It all was lost. He lost his physical health. Um, it, it, was, it was an attempt by the enemy to try to break him. I thought it was interesting that he lost everything, but God left him his wife. Not sure what that says. <laughs> I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not jumping to any conclusions. I'm just saying. Anyway, <laughs> Job, Job's friends came to him to offer comfort an explanation, and they, it was terrible advice. They were horrible friends. They were such terrible friends that now we call bad friends Job's friends. That's how bad Job's friends were. Um, and Job took his complaints to the Lord. And it's interesting that when the Lord responded to Job, he didn't respond with explanation He responded with questions. Job, where were you when I laid out the heavens? When I reached into my pocket and grabbed a fistful of stars and flung them into the sky? What were you doing then? He questioned Job. And Job found that the questions of God were more satisfying than the answers of men. I, uh, I call that story to mind as I address the topic of trust today because this all revolves around a question that the Lord asked me. Now, I have not been through uh, anything like Job has been through, but I have served on staff at church. <laughs> um, <laughs> and this past September, um, the Lord spoke very clearly to Jenna and I that it was time to step down from the post we were in at church. The, the church is, is great. The pastor's great. The staff is great. I love them all. No, no conflict, no scandal, but just we'd been there for a number of years, and we'd felt for really a year or more that that, that season was just coming to an end, and, and so we were going to step down at Easter, and then you know COVID came, and everybody was scared, didn't know what was going to happen. The church couldn't meet, so we, we stayed on until the church was nice and stable, everything was going well, and then we stepped away in September in obedience to the Lord. But it was very much like an Abraham thing where you know God said, Abraham, pack up and leave and go to a place I will show you. So I'm not showing you now. As you're going, I'll show you. And so that was very much the case because we didn't know what was going to be next or what we were going to do. We had ideas, but nothing. We didn't have any offers or anything specific. And as the fall rolled along, um, nothing really presented itself. And uh, so we knew we'd be okay for a little while, but as we started getting into November, I started to get nervous. And uh, Lord, you know, what's, you know, I, I'm a guy, I've been working since I was 14 years old. I've never not worked. And so this is a very uncomfortable sort of place for me to be in. So I I was spending some time with the Lord, and I was saying, uh, God, you know, I'm looking for what's next, and um, I, was, I was checking, I was putting out, you know, feeler emails and checking in with people and, and uh, starting to lower my, I was in the process of lowering my expectations. <laughs> you know, you think it's going to be this? So, well, you know, Lord, you know, I, uh, I like Walmart, and I like greeting people, you know, maybe, you know, that, maybe that's what you're calling me to. I'm not above it, you know. Um, and, uh, and the Lord spoke to me and he ans- he a- asked me a question that ultimately produced what I'm going to share with you today. And so really what I'm sharing today is just, it's, it's a reflection of my journey. But the question was this, what would it look like if you trusted me? What would it look like if you trusted me? Now this question bothered me right out of the gate for a couple of reasons. The first, it carries with it the implication that I don't trust him. And uh, I took a little offense at that. I mean, uh, I'm saying, God, uh, how can you say I don't trust you? I mean, I'm in this predicament because I obeyed you. Hello? Uh, So here I am, and now I've I've followed you, and I'm at the edge of the cliff, and I'm looking over, and you're saying, I don't trust you, but I I wouldn't be here if I didn't trust you. And here's the other thing that bothered me about it. Um, I thought I was doing all the things that a responsible man of faith should do. And this question carried the implication that whatever I was doing wasn't correct. So, uh, so I shared that word with Jen. I shared that word with Joe. Um, I'm not sure exactly what I'm supposed to do. God keeps saying he's got something. I believe he's got something. I don't know what it is. But in the meantime, I feel like I ought to be being responsible and you know that sort of thing. So I... I uh, I moved forward, continued uh, checking all the doors and windows to see where God might be leading. I roll into December, and I don't have any more clarity. In fact, some of the things I thought could pan out dried up, and so, okay, so uh, I feel like I'm in a room on fire and there are no exits. Lord, what am I supposed to do? You know, the panic is starting to rise up. You know, it's around mid-level. You feel the water coming up. Hey, God, what am I supposed to do? And God breaks through, and he says, it wasn't an audible voice, it was in my heart, but it was really with great clarity. He says, Gary, what would it look like if you trusted me? And um, I said, well, Lord, I I think I don't understand the question. I think I, you keep saying this. I, I think I must not be understanding it. And I got really kind of frustrated and uh, so I started writing, and I, I thought, well, let me just examine this more carefully. What would it look like? What, what is he saying? What would it look like? How would it appear if I were standing back looking, what would, if I trusted? And, and here's what came to me, and I don't know if this was the Lord or my own thought process, but here's what I came to. If I knew that I knew that I knew there was a job waiting for me on January 1, like I knew someone had said, you're hired, you start January the 2nd, and it's enough of a salary to support your family, and there are benefits, you know, so you could have health insurance. If you knew that was in place, how would you be behaving today? And I said, well, first of all, I wouldn't be panicking. I wouldn't feel the fear rising up because I would know provision is coming. So that's one thing. Um, number two, I wouldn't be spinning my days looking for opportunities, and my nights laying awake, thinking of other opportunities I could look for. So I wouldn't be obsessing about this this way. Um, I would, number three, I would consider December a super cool month to have off. (laughs) And I would spend time with my family enjoying Christmas. We'd go look at Christmas lights. We would do uh, the Disney Christmas dance party every night. We would do all those things that I was currently too distracted to really enjoy because I was busy being concerned about, you know, what I thought was being responsible, you know. And in the midst of of writing that, the Lord breaks through and he says, so enjoy Christmas. And I shared this with Jen. We talked about it that night. I was like, so honey, as a husband, would you feel like I was being irresponsible I just let this go and just enjoyed Christmas? She was like, no, I would think you were being obedient. All right, so that's what we're gonna do. So I had a great Christmas. It's the first Christmas. I was thinking about this, because I've been in ministry my whole life. This is the first Christmas. I didn't have some kind of a production or anything going on. It was great. I love church, but it it turns out it's kind of a drag at Christmas. For the staff, it's great for the congregation. But anyway, so I had a great Christmas. It was a great Christmas. January rolls around, and a job did not present itself. So first week of January, second week of January, and I'm like, um, Jesus, here we are again. Now, I, I want to I hasten to say that along the way, the Lord made financial provision. You know what I mean? He... He, he provided it moment by moment. But what I didn't have was the big, long thing. My, you know, my friend, I visited my friend Kyle. He's a pastor in Knoxville the other night. And he's a runner. And uh, my wife is a, is a runner. And she coached me. I just ran my first marathon a couple of months ago. I can't believe I just said first. Anyway, so my friend Kyle, though, he's, a, he's, a, he's like a ultra Guy, He does 50s and 75 and 100 miles, milers. And he trains in Knoxville, which is like, whew. And he was telling me that there was this one hill that he's been trying to conquer and he can't get up it without stopping. It just gets too steep. He can't, it's a big, long, steep climb. And he said, I bet I've tried 20 times. He said, he was telling me this at dinner. He said, Gary, the other night, the other afternoon I went for a run and the sun went down on me. And he said, I had my headlamp with me, so I put on my headlamp when I got to the hill. And he said, The interesting thing is, I couldn't see the top of the hill. All I could see was the road in front of me. And for the first time, I made it to the top of the hill. And so that's what God was doing with me in January. You know, at every step, He's providing no long term. You remember that old Audi commercial where the lights are, whoo, lights up the whole path? That's what I'm wanting. Right now, it's a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. So that's where I am. So I take it to the Lord, and I say, God, uh, here we are again. Um, what's going on? And the Lord says, what would it look like if you trusted me? And I said, God. I do, I I believe in you, I I have faith. And God broke through and said something that changed everything for me. He said, faith and trust are not the same thing. Now, this really caught my attention because I've never heard this before. I've never seen it taught. I'm sure someone somewhere has fallen on this, but I've never heard this before. And so like a good pastor, I rushed to see if God was being theologically correct. (laughs) The first thing I did was started Googling scriptures on trust and faith, and here's what I found. If you Google trust and faith, they'll give you the exact same scriptures. I think, like me, everybody lumps those things into the same category, trust and faith, trust and faith. It's the same thing. Um, And the fact is, as I thought it through, the math didn't work in my head because here's the equation I created. I said, well, faith is about belief, and trust equals belief, and yet somehow uh, faith doesn't equal trust. So these two things are related, but they're not the same thing. So here are some scriptures I started looking at. When I st- now, faith is a topic I'm totally comfortable with. I've taught on it. I, I have an unwritten book on faith. I, I, feel like I'm a, I feel like I'm an expert on that topic. So how dare the Lord? <laughs> so I went to Hebrews 11 the great faith chapter. And here's just a sample of some of the scriptures, Hebrew 11, 4. Now Abel brought, by faith, Abel brought a better offering than Cain. And later on in Hebrews, by faith, Noah built an ark. And then by faith, Abraham obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. Uh, by faith, even Sarah was enabled to bear children. And all through the, the book of, uh, the, the chapter of Hebrews, the great Hall of faith are these people who did great things by faith. And certain words jumped out at me. Uh, By faith, he brought, oh, yeah, he brought, he built, obeyed. She was enabled to bear children. They were all verbs. They were all actions. They all were things people did because they believed God. Then I looked up trust verses, and I found things like this, Psalm 56, 3 through 4. When I am afraid, I'll put my trust in you whose word I praise. In God I trust I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? And Jeremiah 17, 7 through 8. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Isaiah 26, 3. You will keep him in perfect peace, whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. And then these words jumped out at me on these trust verses. I immediately saw. Can we go to the next slide here? Not be afraid, does not fear, has no worries, perfect peace. These are words that have to do with emotion. So it was becoming clear to me that faith is connected to action. Trust seems to be connected to emotion. Matthew 17, 20, I tell you the truth. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can tell this mountain to be cast in the midst of the sea and it will obey you. Big action. But Matthew 17, I mean, Isaiah 2, 26, 3 through 4 says, you'll keep him in perfect peace whose mind is fixed on you because he trusts in you. See, the thing is that faith can really rather easily coexist with fear and anxiety. In fact, it most often does because what faith is, is our willingness to believe something that is contrary to our reason. It's being called to, to accept something as real. I mean, even our faith in God, we're believing in something that we cannot see. So every time we're asked to exhibit faith, we're, we're doing something that runs contrary to our nature. It takes faith to give. It takes faith to move. It takes faith to step out. So, so most often when we move in faith, there's anxiety or fear or reluctance associated with it because that's the nature of what faith is. We're doing something that's where every other faculty of us is saying no. The Holy Spirit is saying yes. That's why we wind up in that situation. Uh, so uh, it also often has a measure of anxiety with it. So here's what I discovered. Faith is about obedience. Trust is about confidence. Faith is about knowledge. Trust Is about intimacy. Trust is about intimacy. So then faith manifests itself primarily in what you do. Trust manifests itself in what you don't do. You follow me? When I trust, I don't panic. I don't freak out. I don't, you ready for this? I don't create an Ishmael right? Because here's the thing. You all are people that are very resourceful. We have resources at our disposal. We, we can make some stuff happen, right? And when God calls us into a place or into a season where the future is uncertain or, or where we, we don't know exactly how this thing ends up, and he calls us to trust him, quite often we can feel the impulse to make things happen, to create a scenario that we can put our confidence in, because not knowing, you know, you know I mean, I, I could have a job, I could, I could get a job, but that would be Ishmael, and I want Isaac, and so trust is about, about not doing things. It's, it's very easy, and, and fortunately, you know, God knows who we are and how we are. The scripture says he remembers that we are but dust, The scripture says that that Jesus was tempted in every way just as we are. He understands the experience of human anxiety. He knows what it's like to have a crowd come at you whose intentions are not good. He knows what it's like to to step out of a boat onto water and and to have the human anxiety that goes with that as well. I remember I was teaching one time and I used that scripture um, for God remembers that we are but dust and a kid and the congregation said, but dust, yeah yeah he remembers we're butt dust. <laughs> he knows we're limited in capacity. I, I, we were out having lunch with friends yesterday, and I took my son to the bathroom, and uh, we walked in the bathroom, and he said at the top of his lungs, "My butt hurts." I don't know at what age kids learn to modulate the volume of their voice, commensurate with the topic, but it's sometime past four because, because this kid says everything at the volume of Ava Perone in front of the masses. My butt hurts. I got it, son. I got it. Where was I? Butt but dust. Butt dust. Butt dust. He remembers where but dust. You remember uh, the story of the Hebrew children, Daniel's friends. They found themselves facing capital punishment because of their faith. They refused to bow down to the idol, and the result of that action was that they were to be killed. Now, you you wanna talk about your faith putting you in a position where you would have some anxiety. I mean, that's, that's one. And do you remember what the Hebrew children said just before they threw them in the furnace with the intent to kill them? Here's what they said. Our God is able to save. That's faith. He's able to save us. But even if he doesn't, we will not bow down. That is trust. God's able. But even if he doesn't, we will not bow down. Faith says, God, I believe in you. I believe you're capable. I believe you can heal. I believe you can make provision. I believe you can open the door. I believe you can deliver. I believe you're capable of doing all of that. And I'm having faith that you will. But even if you don't, I'm I'm not going to pull the ripcord. I'm not hitting the exit button. If, If I go down in flames, I'll go down trusting you. Faith says, and says rightly, there is a storm, and this storm threatens us. It could capsize our boat. Uh, We're going to perish if we don't do something. There is a storm. Quick, wake the Lord. What a statement of faith to believe that Jesus is able to speak to the storm and calm it. What a statement of faith. What bold faith on the part of the disciples. Wake the Lord. Trust is asleep in the bow of the boat. No panic. No fear. Just get up and say, peace, be still. I feel like that's the challenge the Lord has given me in this season. And I think that's the challenge for all of us who call on the name of the Lord and find ourselves in uncertain times, not knowing what's going to happen or where we're necessarily going. And I wanna be quick to say to you this morning, Romans 8.1, there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. This is not a word, and I just know how Christians think. They're they're very inclined to to condemn themselves. So I wanna tell you that this word should not be interpreted through the filter of your brain to be, you should be somewhere that you're not. That's not what this word is. That's not what this word is. There is no condemnation in this word. This word is uh, a commendation for believing the Lord and an invitation to get up real close so that you can feel his protective arm around you, that it might engender trust in you, in your heart. So here's what I'd like to do. I'm gonna ask uh, Nick and Jackie and the team if they'll come forward. I'd love to just worship for a few minutes. Let this word marinate in your spirit a little bit. And then I'd love to pray for you uh, before we go out this morning um, and uh, give you an opportunity to really personalize this word. Um, can I get you to stand with me? And I, I, as they're getting set, I want to ask uh, this question. Um, if now, now, a word like this has general application uh, because everybody experiences this at some point in their life. Everybody goes through uncertain times and times when you're worried and concerned. And so praise God for that. Whether you're here or you're watching online, this word will have a general application. And uh, I hope that in a season of... Uh, difficulty, it'll come back to you and it will minister truth to you. I also believe that there are folks both here and watching online for whom this has a very specific application. The moment I started trusting, something came to the center of your mind because it's something that's foremost in your life right now. You're struggling, you're concerned, um, you're dealing with a situation that your mind wants to obsess about, um, you, you want to believe the lord but but doubts are waging war in your own brain and even as i've been talking there's been conflict inside you it's even possible that as you've been listening you've gotten a little frustrated or angry you know who is this guy he doesn't even know my situation if if that's where you are if you're in a place right now where you're facing something very specific and you know that god is calling you to a season of trust and you're you're fighting that battle Right now, would you just lift your hand? I just want to pray for you. I'm not going to call you forward. I don't want to, I would, yeah, yeah, I see those hands. I see those hands. I see those hands. Okay, you can put your hands down. So here's what I want to do. Nick, I want to just worship a little bit if you'd lead us in this song. And then I want to come, I want to share another word or two, and then I want to pray for you. And uh, in this season, would you just negotiate with your mind a little bit here? Just tell your heart. Tell your mind, we're gonna give you just a break. But when we're done here, that, that problem that's vexing you will still be there. We're, we're, not, we're not saying this is gonna get resolved, but give yourself just a, a, a 10 minute vacation. You, know what, you understand what I'm saying? Just Just package it up, set it aside for just a few minutes and focus on the Lord. Just worship, just make a negotiation with yourself. I'm not claiming this doesn't exist. I know it's not gonna go away, but just for a few minutes, I'm I'm gonna negotiate my way into the presence of the Lord just so I can worship and receive from him. And what I'm hoping is that when you return, it will feel different, it'll look different. That's what I'm hoping will happen. So as Nick leads us, would you do
0: that, Nick? Come on, let's keep thanking God, church. He is worthy of all our highest praise. Come on, church, let your hearts rise up and give thanks to God. We thank you for your peace that passes all our understanding, God. Despite any circumstance, you've given us a blessing of peace, God. We trust you. Our confidence is in you. We thank you for Gary and Jen. We pray your blessing on them, God, in this season of their life and their kids, God. May you show yourself so incredibly faithful as their miraculous provision, God. And that as you light the path one step at a time, it'll be more than enough, God. And we pray that you'll bless them with that peace continually, Lord. I pray for everyone here the same, God. And we just give you thanks for your word to us. We give you thanks that we can praise you before we fully see victory and direction and provision and answers. We thank you right now, God, before we understand, before we see, before we have it in our hand. We thank you in Jesus' name. Let me pray this benediction. Uh, Go with confidence into the days ahead, trusting in God's unfailing love and faithfulness. God will not abandon you, for you are the work of his hands, his own creation, and his love endures forever. So go in joy to love and serve the Lord in Jesus' name. Amen. Love you guys. Have a great afternoon.